and individually at the same time. You can be in business for yourself, but you don't want to be in business by yourself. That is such such a lonely feeling. Learn how to work in a group with people and have your your circle of influence right there with you as well as uh, people who can help you in business that are on the same journey as you are in business. You don't want to get out there and end up by yourself and feel how lonely it is because a lot of times what we do when we feel that loneliness, we run back away from it, okay? So I want you to make sure that you get the email correct. I know you have your pens and paper out. It's dreamswoven2013 at gmail.com. Marcus Jarvis Law Limited is a national and international business and immigration law firm. We assist our clients with family-based and employment-based visas. We assist clients in obtaining the following, work visas, green card, fiancé visa, and United States citizenship. We also assist with deportation, U-visa, T-visa, and VAWA petitions. www.mjlawltd.com Attorney Jarvis wrote a number one Amazon bestseller book, A Simple Guide to Immigration Laws of the United States, What You Need to Know When You Come to America www.a-tbooks.com Call 
so much for joining us today for This Needs to Be Said. There is an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. We're on today with Ms. Lee McLeod of LeeMcLeod.com, and she's going to lead the discussion. Make sure you have your mm-hmm. pen and paper out. We're always learning some things to advance mm-hmm. our careers or our business levels. So welcome, Lee, again. Thanks. <laughs> and let us know what you have for us today. Well, last month, thanks, Catherine. So good to be here again. And last month, month, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, last month, we started talking about LinkedIn. And as I frequently do, I thought, well, I could just get through a lot of information in a short period of time, but I'm really bad about trying to cram too much in sometimes. So we only got through a couple points of our LinkedIn, uh, our LinkedIn strategies and what we, to review where we were. Uh, whether you're in a job, a J-O-B, or whether you're in a business, whether it's a big business or a small business, LinkedIn uh, should be considered an essential part of your marketing strategy. And if you learn how to use it effectively, you're going to, you know, you, you should think of it as an extension of, almost as an extension of your business. And what we talked about last month was, because I think we were talking about Facebook versus LinkedIn versus anything else. And, you know, what I noticed about Facebook, and this may have changed because I don't do much on it anymore, is what I noticed about Facebook is I was developing this great following, but I couldn't actually reach out to any of those people one-on-one. And so I thought, wow, I built this 1,300-person list. And, and then when Facebook started really decrementing the amount of visibility that you got in front of that list unless you paid for the ad. I thought, wow, I've built this 1,300-person list, and I can't even really guarantee that my messages are getting to them. So when you think about it, if you're, especially if you're in a small business or a business of any kind, one of the most uh, valuable assets you have, of course, is your mailing list. Because when you think about all the social media that's out there, the mailing list, your mailing list is in, in email marketing is the one way that you absolutely know for sure. You can have a one-on-one connection with that person. And uh, the other, one of the other tools you can use to do that is, linked, is LinkedIn. So what we talked about last week, I have five C's for LinkedIn. The first one was to configure um, the basics of your profile. We talked about the headline, the summary, the experience sections, or if you have a business, how you can talk about your business in those sections, and then how you can add video and images and other media. And then the second C was charm, which is, you know, for I, I was using that as a euphemism for basically keyword optimizing your message by charming people to find you, to attract the people that you want to attract. So what is it that you're marketing? What problem are you solving for people? Who do you want to attract through the opportunities that you have, and what do they, what do you want them to know about you, so that when they do find you, it's another form of your marketing campaign that can say, oh, that person looks like they might be able to help me. So for me, for example, it would be 
I do both job search and in-job coaching. So if people are looking for um, help on their job search and they go to my profile, they'll see a lot of information about what I actually do, um, and then they'll see all the social proof I included about recognition I've gotten as a blogger or, you know, on a best blogger list or people to follow on Twitter list. And then they'll also see the places where my comments have been noted, like Forbes and Time.com and Business Insider. So if you go to my LinkedIn profile, you're going to see a lot of proof, social proof and validation and recommendations from people and clients that, you know, it's it's like the – it's like. Yelp only it's on your LinkedIn profile, right? Because it's people saying, wow, she really helped me out with this particular situation. And these are all the recognitions that I've gotten. Mm -hmm. So today I want to talk about three other Cs. The first one is how you can connect. And I want to talk about a feature that I think is really not very well known at all. Uh, Most people I talk to who use LinkedIn don't even know that you can do use this feature. We'll talk about that, the tagging function. Then uh, we're going to talk briefly about commune, which is finding others of like mind and uh, creating and influencing people through that. And then um, compel, which is using LinkedIn as a platform. So, Catherine, sound like a good plan? Sounds good to me. I got my plan out. I'm ready. <laughs> get your, I've opened get up your my out LinkedIn because I got a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Catherine, <laughs> remind, me, remind me how much time we have so I, so I manage the time. Okay, we have, it's 2.14 my time, so we have about 20 minutes. Okay, perfect. All right, then let's roll. Okay, connect. So obviously connecting is important, right? So even if you have um, colleagues or partners or potential clients or other potential prospects, uh, you one of the ways you can identify them, I mean, one of the ways you can include them in your communications is if you actually connect to them. So for example, we're going to talk about groups in a minute in the next section. But say like I when I write a blog post or when I publish an article on LinkedIn, what I do is I go out to all the groups. You know, they say you, you should spend an hour writing your a blog post and 3 hours marketing it, right? So what I do is I go out on all the groups that I belong to where that particular post might be helpful. And then I repost it and I make a comment like, you know, you know, if you're struggling in your job search or if you're struggling with a difficult manager, you might find this helpful. So I post it on the group. And very often I will either get comments from people or I will get people liking the article. So when mm-hmm. I see that, I go back over and I invite them to connect with me because they saw something I did. They liked it. They commented on it or they clicked the like button, whatever it is. So clearly I said something that resonated with them. Okay, then maybe we should be connected. So I might send a note that says, hey, I noticed you commented or liked the article. I'd love it if you would connect with me here on LinkedIn. So now I've invited that person into my tribe. And they're more than just an anonymous reader on a group. They're actually part of my uh, connection circle. Now, Uh when you bring people into your connections list, Uh, LinkedIn has a lovely, lovely feature that a lot of people don't know about called tagging. And if you go, I'm looking at mine now. So I clicked, I'm clicking on the link of a connection. And if you go uh, below the header box where the picture is, uh, if you click on the relationship tab, you have two tabs there, relationship and contact info. 
If you click on the Relationship tab, right across the top there, you have four uh, links, Note, Reminder, How You Met, and Tag. Well, in tagging, you can create lists within your LinkedIn database, right? So I have well over, I think I have like 13 or 1,400 contacts. But I have two very different brands, LeeMcLeod.com and Degrees of Transition. One is job searching, one is job coaching. And often Lee, let me, let me slow you down for a second. Now, sure. are, where are you telling us to go? Are you telling us to go to connections on LinkedIn? Yes. Where are we going? Go okay, so we're going... Click your and connection. So mm-hmm. All right, and then down below you've got um, your a list of connections. So do you have after you have that like header, like do you know these people and all that kind of stuff? You have the actual people. Can you see those? Well, what mine says I'm up where it says home profile connections. So it says keep in touch, add connections, and find alumni. Or I'm in a, or am I in the oh, right oh, place? No, no, just. Just click the connections tab. Just click connections. Don't don't even do a drop down. Okay. Got it? Okay, I think so. I clicked it and connections, a healthy professional life starts with healthy relationships, yes? Yes, exactly. Okay. okay skip that top. Yes and skip, no. skip that top okay. part. See down below? Okay. See that I do. down I'm below? Down there. Yeah, okay. Now if you hover over that name of the person at the top of that list. Can you see mm-hmm. right underneath it? Sh- when you hover over it, it'll show you three three blue things: tag, message, yes. and more. Do you see that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Click your tag. Okay. Now you can create. I see. Now, if you don't ha- I have. I see. Yeah. Uh huh. So I have a bunch of tags. So if you, I think if it's blank, it might say add new tags, right? So you uh-huh. can, You might have someone who's a prospect. You might have someone who's already paid you as a customer. You might have someone who's a potential affiliate partner, a marketing partner. Now Uh you can group all these people in different categories. Okay. Make sense? Now, why do you care? Because LinkedIn will let you send an email to up to 50 people in the same category at the same time. So if you have a list of prospects, uh, make your list. Don't put more than, I think, 49 people in the list, and then you can label them prospect list one, prospect list two, prospect list three. Then you can go into your list and you can compose an email that will go to, I want to say the cutoff is 50, it might be 49. So you can send that one email up to 49 people or 50 people at a time just organize your list, your tags, so that you group your people accordingly. Does that make sense? Yes, it does make very good sense, yes. So now, in addition to your email marketing system, you now have another way to contact your uh, whatever, affiliates, partners, colleagues, prospects, customers, in LinkedIn specifically. Mm-hmm. So... If you didn't have, let's say you were just starting out, you didn't even have an email list, but you had people in LinkedIn, now you can uh, communicate with them uh, directly. So as well, uh, there's lots of other reasons that you might want to group people, but think about how do I want to kind of segregate my LinkedIn population and then bring them into different lists that you can tag. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. So that's how you can use the connect um, 
connect and then you're ha- you're having more of a conversation with them rather than just sitting out there in the in the netherlands of of linkedin okay mm-hmm. so configure your profile charm them by optimizing your mess- your uh, profile connect with prospects colleagues and then group them together use the tagging function and communicate them uh, with them in that way and then fourth our fourth c is commune which is finding others of like mind and one way that I do this quite a bit is I join I join groups. So if you join a group, uh, if you go to the top of your profile, and there is uh, on the far right in the black nav bar, or on the right side of the left side of the nav bar, there's uh, interests. And when you uh-huh. hover over that, it, it drops down and you find groups. Uh-huh. Now, this is where you might want to find groups to who with people that are your potential customers. So, for example, for me, I belong to some women professional groups, some workplace groups for job coaching. I belong to job search groups and young adult groups for job search coaching. So, and then I post my blogs in there, or I'll ask a question, or I'll comment on other people's uh, posts, etc. So, you find others of like mind, and then by either joining a group or starting a group, you can start having conversations with people. So I've met, as we've talked about before, I've met tons of people on Twitter. I've met a lot of people on Facebook, and I've also met people through LinkedIn. Like someone uh, called me about a product they want, and I said, gee, how did you find me? And she said, I saw something you posted on a LinkedIn group, and I thought, oh, I really need to look into that. And so she sent me an email, and we've uh, actually turned it into a sale. So there's lots wow. of ways that you can use your commenting group. And when you go into a group, I mean, it's the same thing with the kind of the, you know, give first to receive. So offer information. Mm-hmm. Post a blog post about you might find this helpful. Uh, you know, you're definitely – a lot of groups are, are moderated pretty well. And if you go in there and you just try to sell people stuff, they'll – you know, delete you or block you or whatever. So you always mm-hmm. want to go with the attitude of service and then create a reputation for yourself. And again, attract people to you rather than trying to overmarket to them. So first thing you can do is to, to join a group, but then you can also start your own group. Now I've toyed with the idea. I haven't actually done it yet, but um, you can very easily start your own group. And there's lots of blogs out there that show you some of the tricks of how to start a group, how to invite people to it, and how you can maybe put a video on your launch page so that you can use that multimedia aspect of people coming. They get to see you. You can tell them what you're going to talk about in this group, invite them in, tell them what they can expect from you, etc. When you start a group, there you do have the ability to email everyone in that group directly I want to say it's once a month, but don't quote me on that, and LinkedIn may have changed it. But you have the ability to send a group message to everyone in that group um, on a predetermined you know, schedule or on, a, on an allotted time frame. So, again, you mm-hmm. have another mar- marketing opportunity in LinkedIn so that you can share your information with the people in your group. And remember, when they've come to your group, they've already said, hey, I think you've got something going on that I want to hear. So now mm-hmm. you can share a message with them. Uh, every so many days or whatever the particular LinkedIn allotment is. So communing, our 4C, commune, uh, 
find others of like mind, join a group, start a group, and then, again, use those, um, that, those connections in that medium to um, communicate with the people who have already said, gee, I really like what you're talking about. I think you have some good things to say. Mm-hmm. Makes sense? Makes perfect sense. I'm I'm just like floored. I think we, um, I can speak for others that there is so much there that we didn't realize. We're so used to, we're drawn to the Facebook aspect, even though it's not effective for business for us. I wonder why that is. <laughs> there's yeah. So much, well, there's so much goal because, here in LinkedIn. Well, Facebook was, I think Facebook was effective for a long time, and I think, you know, I certainly got a lot of visibility on, on Facebook. But when I, you know, when you run a page, when you manage a page, you know, every day it it tells you how many people saw what you posted. And I know there are people that are really aggressive about saying, now make sure you put me in your, you know, interest list so that I show up in your feed. And we just never really got aggressive about that. But, um, you know, when you start, when you have 1,300 people and your post gets seen by eight as a business person, I have to say, okay, is that really the best use of my time? And right. um, so I, I think that's the, that's the question. Now, on LinkedIn, uh, one thing I think about LinkedIn is that people are especially um, – well, and I'm in the market of, being, of helping people in their jobs or in their job search. So I know that that's where they all are. At some level, they're all on LinkedIn. Um, so you may want to look at your – target audience and say, well, are they here and what are, where are they hanging out on LinkedIn? Is this a good use of my time? Um, but I would encourage you to explore it a little bit because uh, I definitely have found um, people that, you know, have tripped over, tripped over me on LinkedIn and, you know, call me for help or, you know, read an article and say, oh, my gosh, we need to talk. So uh, there's lots of different things that pull people, but and it's also not filtered. If I post an article on a group, the article gets posted. You know, if people look at the group, they'll see the article. There's no filtering. There's no, at least not yet, I should say, but there's no filtering. There's no biasing of what gets shown and what doesn't. If you follow me on LinkedIn and I publish a post, you will see that post. Um, so what I would what I would hope for is that, you know, we use the tools that are out there that give us complete transparency and allow us to communicate with our um, prospects and clients uh, directly without being filtered. So that would, you know, again, study it for your own business and see what makes the most sense. Okay. Yeah. So uh, then that, our that's, that's just the goal, Go Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, again, once you start poking around, there's a, you know, there's a lot of LinkedIn experts on Twitter. I have a LinkedIn expert uh, feed. So, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, that blog about LinkedIn, that have LinkedIn products, have courses you can buy. Um, you know, it might be worth investing whatever in a course if, if it really pays off for you in terms of how you better manage LinkedIn. Uh, but once you start using it, uh, you know, go out there and Google for some experts or start a Twitter feed for LinkedIn experts, and they post lots of great tips, lots of blog articles, and will give you some great ideas about how to use the different LinkedIn features. The other thing about LinkedIn is it, it feels like every day they kind of tweak it and they change it. So it's also uh -huh. something that you kind of have to stay up on. 
and they don't always tell you. You know, like Facebook and Twitter or Pinterest will be like, hey, we changed some things around. Here's what's new. But LinkedIn tends not to do that as much. So you kind of have to be like, oh, oh, that's interesting. They just changed that. And sometimes they tell you something. Or sometimes somebody, one of the bloggers, will figure it out, and they'll post a blog about it. So that's why it's good to follow those guys. Um, so our fifth C is compel. Um, use LinkedIn as a platform to amplify your voice. Recently, LinkedIn uh, made the capability available to everyone to become a publisher on LinkedIn. It used to be that, you know, you used to see those articles by, uh, you know, Steve Jobs or Steve Jobs-like people, Elon Musk, and they'd get, you know, 600,000 people would read it. And they were considered influencers, and they could publish articles. Well, now you too can publish an article. And the way you do that is you're going to go to your profile, and you're going to click on the home uh, tab in the nav bar there. And when you click on the home tab, what it does is it takes you to the top of your feed, and on the left side would be your photo, your image. And then uh, right next to that, to the right, is a section called share and update. Well, if you go over to the right of that share and update box, you've got a little pencil, and if you hover over that, just hover over it, don't click it, it says create uh-huh. a post. Right. And then the um, and then the the uh, paperclip is attach a file. So if you click on the pencil, then you can actually create a post, and it looks very much like a WordPress blog page looks. So you've got the editing box and the editing tools in the nav bar above. That's and w- yeah, when you post there, and then down below, you can save it as you go through. I highly recommend saving frequently. I have been burned on. Evidently not having saved enough, so save frequently. Or you can you can write it in Word and copy and you know paste it into a um, into the window or copy and paste it into text uh, a text window and then into the HTML code there. And then when you're all through, you can post um, publish. Um, and then when you post publish, it will actually alert all of your con- connections and followers that you have published a post. And it will show up it, uh, up at the top. You know, you have the little envelope that says you have mail, the little flag mm-hmm. that gives you alerts. Well, in their feed, they will see under their little flag, they will see all the people in their, in their, uh, that they are following who published a new post. So you will show up there. I think it also shows up in their feed. So the nice thing about this is, uh, I get a lot of, when I publish a post, and I haven't been, I'm kind of experimenting. I haven't been particularly consistent about it. I've been experimenting. Sometimes I take a blog post I did and I republish it here because not everyone who's on LinkedIn, again, is on my email list, right? So now I'm exposing my blog post to the people on LinkedIn. Um, I fool around with the titles to see what will get people to read. I... Uh, use a lot of images, and you know you can import photos. You can't do special fonts or anything, but what I've done, if you look through some of mine, is what I've done is um, I might use a special font, and I uh, do it in PowerPoint, and I save it as a picture, so I import it as an image. So it looks like I've typed in special font, but it's really a picture. So you can experiment with things, and you can read other people's posts and see what they're doing that's intriguing, 
see how they title their posts, see how long they are, do they use images, are they lists, are they thought pieces, whatever the case may be. But if you have something you're really compelled to talk about, the publisher forum on LinkedIn is the perfect way to do it because when people like it or share it, you can get exposed to a whole new audiences that don't even know who you are. And I can tell you that I have uh, right now, I have 1,336 followers. Um, and so that followers is your connections and people can just follow you on LinkedIn as a, you know, as a influencer of some kind, even if they aren't necessarily connected to you. So um, I have 1336. And I think when I started writing posts, it was something like 1106. So I've gotten a lot more exposure to people and picked up a couple hundred followers. And again, now when I say something, they've already indicated they like what I say. And um, if they read it, they like it, they share it, et cetera. Uh, you know, it's another form of real online marketing, email marketing of a, of a sort that you can do to get exposure both to your tribe as well as to people outside your tribe. Because if it gets a high enough readership, it will show up to other people as, you know, like, oh, this is what's kind of uh, trending right now, if you may. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So wow. That, yeah, those are <laughs> – you didn't know, did you? Um, no. A, yeah, wow. Yeah, so so to review, our five uh, – if you're not really familiar with LinkedIn, our, our five uh, Cs to get LinkedIn working as effectively as it can for you – Configure the basics of your profile, headline, summary, experience. We talked about inserting media, images, video, et cetera. Second thing, charm. Get those people attracted to you by using keywords, optimizing your message, social proof, indicating if you've gotten honors or awards. Um, Build that know, like, and trust factor in your profile. The third C, connect prospects, colleagues, people who comment on your articles, people who like your articles, people who share your articles, connect with them because they're already telling you they like what you do. Then use the tagging tagging function to create lists that you can then email directly on a predetermined schedule. Fourth, commune, find others of like minds, join groups, start groups, have conversations. And number five, compel. Use LinkedIn as a platform to share your voice and your burning issue with others. Take a stand on something. Make a comment on something that's happening in the news. Uh, Have a theme and see what works and then adjust when something doesn't work based on your LinkedIn publisher platform. Wow. Um, You know what? And what I learned when I'm – facilitating or interviewing someone, I still manage to miss stuff. Because when I go back to listen to how we did, Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to be taking even more notes. But I'm just amazed, like, what made you look at LinkedIn? Because I get, you know, okay, Facebook, I'm only getting a few views. What made you take a look at LinkedIn to say, Mm -hmm. okay, I might get better views over there versus any other social media site that's out? Well, it, it's interesting because I, I do have theories about where people kind of conglomerate online. So, for example, I do think when you're in the how to start your own business business, I do think Facebook is maybe, you know, is a good magnet. It's just that now you have to pay to get the visibility because I do think there's a lot of people 
who are starting their own businesses that are hanging out on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it depends. I When I looked at, well, who's my target audience? My target audience is working professionals, you know, 28 to 52, doing a certain kind of job, and graduates and young adults. And I knew that virtually all of them, even if they may not get on Facebook during the day or even when they go home, they for sure are at some point on LinkedIn because if you have a professional presence, uh, you're going to be on LinkedIn. And anyone who's ever going to look for a job at any point is going to be on LinkedIn. And then, um, and I knew that LinkedIn didn't have any, you know, filters. It doesn't block my message from being seen, and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't filter who gets to see it. So, it just, and I, you know, I mean, LinkedIn's. If you're in the professional world, LinkedIn is where you need to be. However, I also think it's an emerging platform for people starting their own businesses. Because maybe if you're if one of your potential customers is in an organization or for example is an organization, if one of your potential customers is another small business, chances are those folks are on LinkedIn. Okay, all right, I like that, Lee. Thank you so much. Let people know how they can connect with you. I mean, of you course, can, you've given them LinkedIn. You can connect with me on. <laughs> yes, find me on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn.com slash in slash Lee McLeod, L-E-A-M like mother, C-L-E-O-D. And you can also find me at LeeMcLeod.com and on Twitter at Lee McLeod. So I hope you connect with me in any of those places and I would love to chat with you about your business and what's going on with you. Thank you so much, Lee, and we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time, Catherine. Thanks. Thank you so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. Up next is Ms. Tamika Royster. She's come on before and talked with us about the decision to follow your vision. And so we're going to do part two of that in just a moment. Don't want you to miss any part of that. Keep your pen and paper out. I hope you've enjoyed what we learned with Ms. Lee McLeod. Now, I want to remind you that there is a free group accountability coaching session available to you and up to 10 of your friends. Send an email over to Dreamswoven Support Network or Dreamswoven2013 at gmail.com so that you can get your free session today. Bring some friends with you. Create your circle of influence as opposed to going out looking for it. Do you dread removing your makeup at the end of the day? Do you have to scrub with harsh chemicals that cause dry skin and wrinkles? Say goodbye to all that and stop spending money on makeup removal products. Introducing Makeup Eraser, a patent-pending, luxurious, soft cloth that removes all makeup, even waterproof, using just water. For less than $20, you receive a chemical-free, reusable, machine-washable makeup eraser. No more stained linens, safe for all skin types, and makes a great gift for anyone who wears makeup. Get yours today at MyMakeupEraser.com and give us a like on Facebook. Search Makeup Eraser by Lisa. Are you looking for free, full-length LDS movies with no strings attached? 
then mormonflix.com is the site for you. With LDS movies, music, and more, all free, mormonflix.com is the place where Christians can go and watch movies that are wholesome, funny, and perfect for the whole family. Go to mormonflix.com, click on the movie that you want, and watch. All videos are streaming through third-party links with no downloading at all. Find them on Facebook and Twitter, mormonflix.com, for free, wholesome entertainment. Be the first to test this new mobile app called StoryBite. StoryBite is a mobile app that enables people like yourself to read and post creative stories in 100 words chapters. We need you to visit www.storybite.uk right now. Sign up early to test this app. It takes 20 seconds at storybite.uk. Tweet us at storybite.uk. Sweet Tea Party Rentals is a unique rental company specializing in gorgeous vintage tableware. We offer heirloom teaware to create whimsical place settings for afternoon tea parties, bridal or baby showers, birthday parties, photo shoots, or any special occasion. We customize your tea party, so let us know your preferences. We have everything you need for your perfect tea party, beautiful inventory of vintage teacups, saucers, tiered plates, dessert stands, and more. What's sweeter than a party? A sweet tea party, of course. Visit our website, www.sweetteapartyrentals.com. Indigo H2O is a wonderfully refreshing and tasty premium alkaline mineral water with a pH balance of 9.0. Why alkaline water? Alkaline water improves hydration and helps remove harmful toxins from the body. The presence of alkaline restores balance with acid waste, which helps improve resistance to disease. Alkaline water cleans the body's inner system, rejuvenates the skin, and helps food nutrients absorb more effectively. Do yourself a favor and purchase your Indigo H2O now at www.indigoh2o.com. Your body will thank you.
so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. We are in class. <laughs> We've learned so much about LinkedIn. I know I did. I hope you did as well. Now we're going to be joined by Ms. Tamika Royster, and she was on with us last week. Actually, she's been on with us the past couple of weeks. Tamika, I think you're making this home for you, right? Uh, <laughs> she was talking with us about the decision to follow your vision, and she was also sharing with you one of the first parts of a series that she's going to have to help people clarify and figure out their purpose and then move towards executing it. So welcome back, T. How are you? I'm fine, Kat. How are you? I am wonderful. Always excited about getting this information out. I do struggle with, you know, we have good information out, and the people who need to hear it sometimes aren't hearing it, (laughs) but I'm going to keep saying it anyway. I'm going to keep putting it out there, and eventually they'll grab a hold to it. All right, so what do you have for us today? I know we started out with the decision to follow your vision. Are we doing a part two to that, or do you have a turn you're getting ready to take with this? Um, yes, I have a part two, but I want to ask you a question because you always hit on something that just sparked a question in me, which is just, it's good. It's really good. Okay. But you said okay, the my people, job is done. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> you said the people that need to hear it sometimes don't hear it. When you say that, do you mean that maybe they're just not listening at the time, they're busy? or I mean, What do you mean by that? Well, I think that they hear it, They think they're tuned in, they hear it, but they're not receiving it or they're not, it, maybe it's not time for them. I, I don't like the fact that it's not time for them because I've seen, I've seen what it's done for me. And I'm just like, if you just, you know, tap into this, because people are complaining, oh, I can't get it, you know, I can't get ahead, nobody's helping me out. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Have you heard the people that come on my show? What do you mean nobody's helping you? People are giving you this information. Just the last comment, every time someone comes on, there she walked us through, you know, your LinkedIn profile, step by step by step, and here's some things that you can do, and here's why. So you guys come on, and you tell us what to do, and you say why. And when people say no one's telling me, I'm like, are you kidding me? Right, For five right. years and over a 1,000 shows we've put together, there is information out there for you. And I'm not saying that we're, you know, the best, but we, we are. Uh, but there are other people out there, too, that put together YouTube videos that give you information at no cost to you so mm-hmm. people can get it. So that's what I'm saying. They're not hearing it, but it's all around us. Resources are all around us, and they're not getting it. How are they missing it, T? Why are they missing it? I think the reason why this is just my opinion is because we've reached an age in society where we congratulate or we commend or we give attention to ignorance before we give attention to information. You could have somebody on YouTube that's posting really good information that's life-changing, but they may have 200 likes. But you have somebody videotaping themselves sitting on the toilet, and they got 2 million hits. Now, I'm not just making this up. I am not making this up. Do a search on YouTube. I know you're not. I know you're not. How can you give more attention to something so ignorant when your life needs to be changed in a different direction? We have more attention on the shows, and I'm not going to call the names of any shows, but where you have nonstop drama and gold diggers and fighting and cussing and disrespect. But you have a show where a man is actually being respectful. You know, he rents a hotel and reserves it for a couple of hours just for you just to have the chef to cater to you, roses sitting on the table, I mean, just setting it off. 
We probably wouldn't even enjoy that show. Like, really? I mean, what else happened? He didn't slap her? Did nobody do no cocaine in the back? I mean, listen, nothing? Listen, someone was telling me recently that Sinbad and his wife were going to do a reality show. It's been a while ago, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But they were not successful. Like, they didn't go into season two because there was not enough drama. Wow. And, and then there's, actually there's... One, of, one of the guests I had on said the same thing, that he and his wife were, um, and they were interviewed about doing one of the, uh, I think it was uh, Housewives of Atlanta or something mm-hmm. like that, but one of those hip-hop shows where, you know, reality show, and he said, well, we decided we didn't want our lives exposed like that, but not only that, they were telling us that some of the things they were going to need us to do, we would have to stage some fights and disagreements, you know, and it was like they were going to pay, you know, good money, but that's not how we wanted to do it. And I hear I hear all of that, but people tune in to housewives of this, that, and the other, and they're not even a housewife, nor, nor are they the wife of a basketball player or whatever, and I'm going, mm-hmm. and, and this stuff, this is what people tune into. Mm. Well, that's because this is what we're taught. This is what we're taught is commended. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have any drama. I mean, it would be a very boring script if there was nothing going on. I think there has to mm-hmm. be balance. There has to be a yin and a yang. There has to be a good and a bad. How can you respect mm-hmm. good if you've never seen bad? So Mm -hmm. you you need both, but there needs to be a positive twist at the end. When we get through clowning and having all the drama, there needs to be some sort of order. And I think because we're living in a time where people are going through so much and they're stressed, seeing the drama makes them feel better about their lives. If you see a lot of positives, that's going to make you look at your life like maybe something's wrong with me. Now i got to step it up. And a lot of times people don't want to change. They want to talk about it, but they don't want to change. Mm-mm-mm. So there's a poem called Three Dollars Worth of God. <laughs> if you Google search that, people just want enough to what? warm their soul. That three dollars worth of God. All they want okay. is enough to warm their soul. They don't want a transformation. <laughs> that's wow. what I thought about when you said that. And that that's true. That's true. And that's probably why you don't see as many videos supported that are positive because this is what we're trying to do. And, and the person or he that controls the pages controls the ages. So whoever is the person that can put out the information is the person that's going to control what we think and what we accept within that age. That's why if you look on Yahoo, you may see articles on couples that are homosexual all the time. You look in Hollywood, you look at reporters, somebody's coming out every day. Now, whatever a person's lifestyle is, that's their business. But the point is when you start putting enough of the same thing out there, it becomes normal. It's not that bad. You know, such and such is doing it. So we Mm -hmm. start condoning it because this is what we're seeing. So how about we start seeing a lot more positive relationships but show the struggle that they went through? That's where you get the drama. Go on and throw the drama in there, but have a positive twist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of it I, I blame on the media. You know, you can only be contaminated by what you hear or what you see. That's the only two ways. So yeah. we're seeing something that's making us think this is okay. It's all right to do this. Did you see the video on Facebook today about the reporter that quit her job on the air because she wants to, she has, yes, yes. Yeah. She she got over 10 million hits within 24 hours, 10 million. 
because this is the kind of stuff that we're being taught to watch. This is entertainment. So, you know, it, it just becomes a lifestyle. That's my opinion. What do you think? Um, you know, it wouldn't make the show very interesting if I agreed directly with you, but I can't help but agree with you that that was interesting. And, you know, and it's interesting because I didn't read the story. I just read the headline, so I knew what you were talking about, and that's how things get a buzz. You don't have to read the whole story to have been aware that that's out there. But let's say, do we know who the the last valedictorian African-American child was at whatever school USA? The answer is no. Right. Right. Not unless you just happen to be in that circle and you just happen, and it's like, okay. And, in fact, I got an email the other day, um, is Charlotte Tulane for a book fair? Now, I would just totally eat that up. I, I want to go to a book fair. What books are you going to have? What authors are you going to be there? Mm-hmm. But, you know, let there be a big-name hip-hop artist, even if it's just ratchet hip-hop artist, anything, and people aren't going to the book fair. <laughs> They're not going. They're not going. Right. That sounds real nice. I can get a book anywhere, but, you know, so-and-so's in town this day. You know, and that that's just the way it is. I could be found at some event where I'm, you know, sipping wine and eating cheese and listening to a lecture. Well, <laughs> that would be a pretty thin crowd of people, or we'd be in a small room so it looked like a big crowd of people versus, um, there being, um, unless there's some political something in it, you know, or if you, you know, you want to have your point made and every population needs to be represented, you know, or I need to get mm-hmm. this politician's attention so that my subgroup can be heard and we can get the whatever it is we're trying to get in the community. It, it's just interesting um, that that is the case. So I would like to disagree with you, but when I saw that, Really quickly, I thought that was, that was smart. I mean, if she's able to do it, it makes money, and people have been waiting for the opportunity. Why when why keep giving the news when you can go make money? Because she's struggling more than likely as a media person. But my thing is do it, and this is just my opinion, do it with class. A lot of people would love to be in the position that she's in as an anchor woman. I know when I first started college, Years ago, my major was telecommunications with broadcasting and TV. I wanted to be an anchor woman. I grew up in Los Angeles, so what's in Los Angeles? Hollywood. That's the entertainment mm-hmm. capital. So I mm-hmm. felt like I want to be on TV too. When a person makes it that far, that is a huge accomplishment, and you are somebody's role model whether you realize it or not. But she pretty much got on there and said she's a smoker. She's an advocate for smokers, and she probably doesn't really have a choice, but I just want to let you know that I'm done. F it. She just said F it on on the air. And mm-hmm. she said I quit and walked off. And it left the other anchor woman tongue-tied because she didn't know what to do. Nobody was prepared for this. Nobody had a script ready. She just walked off the set. Mm-hmm. Really? You just leave your job that you may never be able to come back to because of how you just left this news station. You just left your coworker in a bind because of the fact that she wasn't prepared and she didn't know what to say. She's like, well, we'll be back in a minute. Then she kept talking. I'm like, well, you're going to be back or you're not going to be back. Which one is it? But she didn't know what to say. And then you say, F it? Really? So to me, that was an ignorant move, not because you're standing up for civil rights, not because you're standing up because of police brutality, but because you want to get high. That's where I had an issue. I, I really See, 
And you, and see, we have two different perspectives because I said I saw the headline and I kept going. You got the whole story and still, I mean, so these are conversations that people are having. <laughs> this is what people are looking into as opposed to things that may be less interesting. You know, we, right. we're waiting to see how many states are going to be approved um, to have weed legally. And, you know, regardless of those who smoke, I mean, I could logically determine you may be relaxed, and if you're in too relaxed of a state, you don't need to be operating motor vehicles, but they may argue, oh, that's when I drive my best or that's when I function at my highest. It, it's just some things like I just wonder, okay, I don't care what you do as long as it doesn't affect me. And that's what aggravates me in life. Someone else has an accident. They run a red light. They hit my car. I wasn't planning on you hitting my car. I was paying attention. Right. And how how am I affected by your mishap? Um, we had a window right. lighted out not too long ago in the house, and it was probably kids playing around, but no one came and said, hey, we made a mistake. We busted your window out. We came home. There was glass everywhere. Nothing was mm-hmm. taken, but we're affected by your carelessness. Now, right. you, know, you go through life right. and you want to be uh, educated and you want to, you know, be a productive citizen and you want to do, you just want to do things the right way. I'm not bothering you. Don't right. bother me. That doesn't always work. That doesn't always work. People are forcing and pushing and shoving their will. And it's like, look, just don't break my glass. I don't care whose glass right. you break. Don't break mine. But th- this is the world that we live in. I'm, I'm imposing my views on you. I don't care if you're heterosexual or homosexual. It makes me know, never mind. I don't need to know about it. Keep your secret. That's I don't my care. point. That's my point. <laughs> I don't need to know who you're doing the down and dirty with. That's your business. That should be behind mm-hmm. closed doors. Don't keep pushing that on me, and and I'm sorry I cut you off, but it's pushed on you so that subliminally you'll start accepting it and realize or think it's not that bad. That's mm-hmm. that's what they're doing to us. That's what the media is doing, and I have a serious issue with that. I don't even watch TV very much. I have cable, and I probably haven't watched TV in four or five days. If I'm not mm. listening to music that I choose to listen to and I select. Or Netflix, where I can stream and decide what movie I'm going to watch. I don't even watch it no more because it's garbage. It, it, it is really garbage. And there's a handful of people like you <laughs> that are out there because what happens is that's not what's popular. That's not what's popular. Mm. And the beginning of the show, I say, you know, we, we, we I want to get people away from conforming, but it has to be their choice not to conform and finding that sweet mix, like I like goobers and popcorn for that sweet and salty mix. Finding that mm-hmm. sweet and salty mix in life um, where we can have fun and educate at the same time, it's like finding that happy place. I mean, I think that we have a lot of great fun here. However, the popular situations would be the Housewives of Atlanta or the scandal shows. Those things generate conversation, but I could end those conversations in less than 30 minutes, in less than 15 minutes. Okay, we're upset that the black successful woman is a white man's mistress. In the conversation, what you mad about? Did it hit too close to home? Did it seem too real? You just don't like it. Why you don't like it? You know, (laughs) 15 minutes, we're not talking about that. But for whatever reason, it's evoked emotion, and people are talking about it for weeks, and they waited all summer for scandal to come back home. So they can talk about oh, it they love and be angry show. some more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and you know, I mean, never watched the show. I, I couldn't get into it. it. I don't know why. 
Yeah. Well, I've, I've never tried to, but if you just follow Facebook, you, you're not missing anything. They'll tell you everything. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so how do we change this? How do we change the game? If we're out there publicizing, we're, we're using our resources to try to help other people, but they're not really gravitating to it. How do we change this? Do we just give up and say, I'm wasting my time, nobody's listening? Well, let's look at what history has shown us. Um, Tyler Perry would be a good recent example, and I guess congratulations on the baby. I'm not sure that he's having, but um, he began with Medea, and people criticized uh-huh. him. But time has, you know, paid off, and the people who are more interested in the shallowness has paved the way for him to now afford to be able to be conscious. I want to pose a question to you. Um do you continue to put out good information, whether it's falling on deaf ears or not, or do you garner the attention of the shallow people until they pay you attention and then you switch it like Tyler Perry did because now it's in your budget to do so? How how do you approach that? I mean, because it, it can be solved. We just have to get the attention of the people who like the shiny things. And then once we get the attention, we can then switch it over to what, the, the conscious conversation is now for those who are committed to shallowness, they will leave us and they will go find somebody else with shiny things. But I see that's how Tyler Perry and many others have done it, and they've been criticized for it, but in the end they've been able to give lots of money to charities, build schools, and to do something else as if that stuff never happened. What are your thoughts about that? Because that's how I'm seeing people change it. It just, um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think that you have to get in where you fit in. What I mean by that is people may not let you in in the avenue that you want to get in, but there may be something else that they're attracted to. For example, the shiny things, or like you said with Tyler Perry, yeah, he can do a lot more now. You know, he's an entrepreneur. He's making good money. He said there was a time when people wouldn't even show up when he would have shows, but he gave them what they wanted. And I think that's what drew people, which that may have been comedy. That may have been the Medea figure because as African-Americans, everybody should know or probably knows a Medea. You, you know that Medea in your family. You can identify with that. He would always have a mixture. Somebody may be on drugs. Somebody may have cheated in their relationship. So he had the drama, but there was always a positive twist. So what I would say is, continue to offer the people what they want to make a, to have a voice, to, to make a platform for yourself. And then you have the opportunity to maneuver and do other things because sometimes I think you have to prove yourself. You have to have a voice. And until then, people are not really paying attention. Like, who are you? How are you going to tell me how to live my life? And people will size you up. You know, if you tell them how to be successful, well, they're going to look at what are you driving? What are you living in? You know, you can't don't tell me how to be rich. That's what they do, yeah. Image image is very, very important to people because they figure how can you manage my life when you're struggling with your own. So you have and to that's show that, that And that's their perception that you're struggling as opposed to, you know, I'm choosing not to drive the latest, greatest car so I have more money in my house. So they're, they're, they don't see that but the perception is their reality. Right, right. And, again, you know, some people may say perception is everything. So I think 
the leaders that a lot of times people follow are the ones that look like they're successful. Now, they may go home to hell. We don't know that. But it just looks like they're successful. That's who people gravitate to. If you think of a church, the average person may join a church that looks successful versus the storefront church that's just starting out. Now, the storefront church may have some really good resources. They may have some really good people in that church that love people and they love what they're doing, but they haven't made it to a certain level yet of leadership. So, again, people are looking at image and they're following Mm -hmm. that image. If you put a a video on YouTube and you got 100,000 views, people will watch the video just because it looks like you're doing something. It could be stupid as I don't know what. But it's like, wow, (laughs) maybe I should check it out. But you Mm -hmm. get a video and you got nine views, they're like, oh, man, nobody's looking at that. You you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's all a formula. You know, it's all about having people to back you. It's all about how it looks like you're doing versus how you're really, really doing sometimes. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like you, you play the game or you don't. You roll with it or get rolled over, either one. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad we took this moment for the current events um, portion. I mean, it's just <sighs> it's really been on my mind this week. And I was like, you know, I just feel like, you know, you'd be, you know, playing this game. But, I mean, it is a game. It is a game. It is. Um, it is. And, and that's as plain as it is. Uh, I mm-hmm. don't care how good your information is or how smart you think you are. Once you're in the real world, no one cares that you made the dean's list or that you had a 4.5 GPA. No one right. cares about any of that stuff. They want to be accepted. They want to fit in. But how do you manage, you know, staying true to yourself and not conforming, which is the thing, like, who are you on the inside? And so finding that that sweet and salt, salty mix in life, giving people what they want, what are your recommendations? And we're going to take a short break and come back. What are your recommendations for people to be able to remain true to who they are? How can I still be a conscious person knowing that I've put some shiny things out here to get people's attention hoping that they would grab a hold to the vision. Give me your response, and then we're going to take a break. In a short synopsis before we come back in the break, what I will say is don't hate the game. Study the handbook. There are ways in the handbook that's going to teach you how to maneuver up but not lose yourself, not do anything that you're going to feel bad about. And once you make it to a certain level, then you change the game or create your own game. That's just my thing. All right. Well, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Stuff to do, I hit 
that pumpkin spice Oreos are making their debut this week. The, the tough part is carving the eyes and mouth and getting the candle in to make the cookie glow. Well, whenever autumn arrives, so does the flu. Yep, it's flu shot season already. And authorities are urging nearly everyone to get vaccinated, except those under six months of age. There's even a new high-dose version for people 65 or older. You'll want to stand in line early, though, as each location will have a new Obamacare death panel to determine whether or not your life is worth protecting. Sean, the shaggy Australian sheep, has at last been shorn smooth. But the woolly wanderer wasn't the wooliest of them all. The sheep apparently had been hiding for years on a farm on the island state of Tasmania and has never been shorn. The Australian Broadcasting Corporation reported that Sean lost 52 pounds of wool at his first haircut. Owners Peter and Nettie Hazel had hoped that Sean would beat a record held by a now-deceased New Zealand sheep named Shrek, which had 60 pounds of wool shorn off his body. Coming in a close second place is my friend Carl, who uh, is Greek and lost 54 pounds when he shaved his back. Chelsea could be within the last week and a half of her pregnancy. Chelsea Clinton and her husband, Mark Mesvinsky, have been pretty tight-lipped about the pregnancy since it was announced in April. But proud grandfather-to-be Bill Clinton may have let a little news slip. He said during a Sunday CNN interview, I hope by the 1st of October I'll be a grandfather. I can't wait. We're on watch now. Yeah, well, let's just hope he doesn't pass out cigars when the kid's born. That's your daily dose of weird news. I'm Darren Marlar. You can find more weird news anytime, anywhere with the brand new Daily Dose of Weird News app, which you can download at dailydoseofweirdnews.com. To get that weird news, you can't go wrong. It's Thank you so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. Our daily dose of weird news has theme music. Check that out. Darren Marlar, so you definitely want to go check him out, daily dose of weird news. We've been talking about basically how to change the game, what's getting people's attention, this good information that you get, how do we get you to really tap into it and embrace it. So we're on with T. Royster today. And, T., I think the conversation has been really good, a bit different from what we've had before, and people um, are are tuning in. They're inboxing me, and I, and I like that. I hope that they're gaining something from what we're sharing. And regardless, I have some very intelligent friends that watch Scandal, that watch Real Housewives, and one said to me today, she says, well, I watch that stuff. I said, I know. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> and you're who I'm talking about. So anyway... <laughs> Um, as an educator, trying to be too serious sometimes apparently um, gets lost in the sauce. I have lots of fun, but it's like when I want you to get some information, I want you to hear it clearly. And mm-hmm. um, just, just looking around, just watching the trends of other people, and, um, you know, it, it seems that you have to have it in your budget to educate people. <laughs> you have to have it in your budget to be conscious or you're selecting to be a martyr, which I'd rather not do. You know, I don't necessarily need to be the Kardashian. 
Um, I don't need to go become popular without talent. I, I would rather there be something to work with. But if we look at, you know, the Housewives of Atlanta, I have not watched the show, but I've followed the patterns of those people who participate. They may go on and become popular for whatever, but when they finish those reality shows, they have a clothing line, perfume, they have something else that they're doing after those shows. And I'm thinking, okay, is that a form of fundraising? Whatever. But you said before the break, you know, read the handbook, follow what happens in the handbook, and you can pave your way that way. So we we have our answer on how to get people's attention, um, to edutain them. And um, wow, I like to say it's wow, sad but true, but I'm going to use a cliche phrase, it is what it is. This is how you get people's attention. That is um, a portion of the formula. Now, T, where do we go from here, you and I? (laughs) Well, what I want to say, first of all, you know, to the people that watch Scandal and shows like that, please don't think that I'm basically saying, oh, you're a bad person because you watch that. You like what you like. Entertainment is entertainment, and I think everybody needs a getaway. You can be serious, study, read, whatever you need to do, but you also need a moment to have fun something to take you away, and if that's your getaway, then that's fine. All I'm saying is your lifestyle is going to reflect what you give the majority of your attention to. If that's not what you give the majority of your attention to, that may not be an issue. That may just be a show that you like to watch once a week or once a day, and that's your business. You know, nobody has the right to judge anybody else. As far as studying the handbook, what I mean by that is there's always a formula for everything, but there's going to come a time where you, your uh, integrity may be compromised. When I was working in the criminal justice field, and as I said on the previous show, I've worked in the criminal justice field for 14 years, since 2000. As I worked my way up the corporate ladder, right underneath the warden, I saw a lot of stuff within the prison system that I did not agree with. A lot of things that I felt like, wow, is this really, really going on? There are times when I had to write people up, when I felt like I shouldn't have wrote them up because of the fact that they were doing, they were in a compromising position where they couldn't do anything different, but you want me to write them up just to say I did something. I've seen people get fired just to make the company look good and cover themselves because nobody wants to take the hit. When something goes wrong, it's like, I'm not taking a hit for that. I'm not taking the blame. So you got to get rid of somebody else. There has to be a scapegoat. There reached a point where I had to either play the game or get out, get off the field. So because of the fact that I was in a position where I couldn't just quit, not when you have, say, a $500 car note, you got mortgage you got to pay. What are you going to do? You're stuck now. You're in the middle of the game. People are dependent on you. And you have an obligation at home. So what I did is I said, you know what, there are certain things I agree with, certain things I don't. The people that I could help, I would do whatever I could to keep them from getting in trouble because I knew what was going on. I knew they were being set up. On the same token, I started coming up with a plan. I said, you know what, my time is limited here. I got to get up out of here because this is a dirty game. So, again, I played the game long enough to get where I needed to get make the money I needed to make, I started making my own plan, and then I created my own business. Now 
I'm in a different seat. Now I can do things differently. Not only am I doing things differently, but I'm also creating a program to help other people, which at the website is IamABoss.info, because there is somebody out there that's saying, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this job. I'm sick of playing this game. And this is just to encourage you to step out there and say, you know what, then maybe you need to be your own boss. So you play the game, you study the rules, but you got to know when to get out. That's just my opinion. I um, agree. I'm sorry if I don't make this interesting or um, spicy enough for people. And it takes a while to get that under your wings and balance between, okay, this is who I am and this is who I have to be. I think we all need to just take some acting classes so that we can get out there and we know that we're getting into character, we're putting on that uniform, and we're putting our, our best foot forward, you know, for this thing. And then we can come back home and we can we can be real if we want to at home, you know. You can wear your hair pulled back. And this is something I've struggled with because I was like, okay, this is who I am, T-shirt, jeans, and a ponytail, big deal. But if you want certain people to play with you, you're going to have to hang a pork chop around your neck if that's what they like. Um, And I'm thinking, that is so shallow. Well, that may be true, but guess what? They're not going to play with you, little girl, if you're not, you know, doing the shiny thing, thing, you know, and you want to be real. You don't want to wear makeup. You want to do jeans and T-shirt, do it at home. And I struggle with that. How are we going to keep it real? That ain't keeping it real, you know. And, yes, we talk about (laughs) Oh, they only gave us a week one time for black history. Now it's 28 days. Okay, we know that. Um, We know that when you're in a war, part of the spoils of war is, listen, if you and I are in a battle, you have stuff over there that I want if I win, and I have stuff over here that you want if you win, right? So it's not stolen. We whooped your butt. Now we get the stuff. Oh, our history has been stolen. No, it was lost in the fight. Somebody couldn't fight. But you still know where it came from. There's no secret. There's no, it's not hidden from you. Yeah, the people who won didn't tell us that, but it's not so far removed that we can't discover it. So we're fighting to bend someone else's will. Know the truth. Live the truth. But you, what are you going to do? Go find you a planet to live on that's going to be outside of what's going on down here. We have It's like a, a magic eight ball. You, everything is shook up around here. And how do you function in this world? You're going to walk around and be angry at the man all the time or you're going to be angry at the other black people that are you, – you're going to be angry and mad all the time. Know the truth, live the truth, accept the truth, but then understand the game too. Sweet and salty mix. Yes, I feel the right. pain of the people who say, right. well, we need to be more conscious. I get that. I accept that. I embrace that. I enjoy hearing the banter. I do. I learn something new every time. And then I watch as the rest of the world is playing this chess move. It's not about right and wrong. It's not about who has the best attitude. It's the one who really believes I can get it done. I mean, we mm-hmm. think of Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a known asshole. He says so. But mm-hmm. he gets it done. He can go broke and go rich again. You know, so mm-hmm. I, what, <laughs> we mad at him. Why? <laughs> right. Um, right. Prince Prince um, left his contract with Warner Brothers. I promise. I think it was back in the nineties. Emancipation was his last album. He didn't go broke. He's right. back with them now, but he didn't go broke because he wasn't on a mainstream album, uh, a mainstream label. So I mean, when you keep following the patterns of what's happening out here, yeah, you stand for a cause, but there's something that brought him back to a contract. Maybe it was hard, harder doing that. Maybe he got tired, 
of doing, you know, things out there. I don't know the story, but he's back with them, and maybe the terms of what he needs them to be now to be with this, you know, big label. I don't know, but there's a game that's being played, and either you're going to win or you're going to lose. Either you're going to succeed or not. Either you're going to wait to die or you're going to live. And what is the adventure like for you? You know, um, I know some people say, oh, well, you're going to, you have to sell out. You're not selling out of who you truly are to your core. It's still who you truly are to your core. Now, if you're flip-flopping on the inside and you can't settle on anything, then you're not being true to yourself. But that, that becomes your internal struggle. So uh, you have to make your own decision. And this has to be the largest elephant in the room that I've talked about in five years, mm-hmm. the largest elephant that I've talked about. Because, yes, there are some truths over here, but what are you going to do? Yes, corporate America looks kind of funny at someone who's wearing their natural hair, but things are turning around a little bit, slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. Some people may mm-hmm. have been asked to perm their hair or make it not so scary or abrasive or aggressive looking. And then eventually it became acceptable. But as a lot of things that has changed, you know, over the time period. So, I mean, there's still the game you play. Okay, you don't want my hair scary. Okay, well, I wear it scary Friday through Sunday when I don't see you. I don't know. I don't know, but for each person, you have to determine what's going to work best for you. How do you love you, and how do you get some of the things? Because in order to get some of the things from the people we say we don't really like or we feel like they're being deceitful, they have some of the stuff we like, like groceries, (laughs) places to stay, um, cars to drive. We want to travel on their aircraft. So, yeah, okay, if somebody stole an idea from an African-American do you stop using any of those tools? I, I, you have to figure this out for yourself. You have to figure out the rules of the game for yourself and, and try to be happy in this life. Otherwise, you're going to yeah. be angry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Jump right in. I think there's always rules of the game, and sometimes I don't agree with those rules. But an example of that is when I was working, once again, the criminal justice system, I had a coworker that came in, and she came in probably about six months after me. She was so nice to everybody. She knew all the big people. She would speak to them and smile and, how you doing? And she had these people wrapped around her finger. And I used to tell her, you are such a sellout. You know, me and her became very close. So we could talk off the record like that. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not a butt butt kisser. You know, I'm not going to go around grinning up in these folks' face to try to get them to like me. And she said, you know what? Being a sellout is based on what your definition of a sellout is. She said, you call it being a sellout. I call it playing the game. She said, I Mm -hmm. promise you within a certain amount of months, I'm going to have all these people wrapped around my fingers. She said, I already got this one. I already got this one. Now I'm working on this. She went down the line of her plan of what she was doing. And do you know she accomplished exactly what she set out to do? She already knew what her plan was. She made it after that job, got promoted to another job within the criminal justice system, and made it right underneath the person that was over that region. And I watched her plan. And I learned from her because people will always be put in your life to teach you something, whether you agree with what they're doing or not. They are a teacher to you. I took certain parts of what she was doing and certain parts I didn't agree with. But the point was I was learning the game. I didn't agree with everything, but I was learning the game, and I learned to work my way up the corporate ladder doing some of the same things that she did because a lot of it is political. Another example is my son. 
he um, is in the 10th grade. He goes to a school that's only 10 or 15% black. Of course, he's an African-American child. When he talks, he doesn't sound like an African-American. He talks as if he's a Caucasian child, could be the school that he goes to. And I tell him sometimes, where did you come from? You you are nothing like us. I, I don't get it. He gets up every morning. He turns on either a press conference or a presidential debate. He lives and breathes politics, and he's been like this ever since he was 12 years old. He tells me all the time, I'm going to be a politician. Being that he's going to a school where he is a minority and only 10% black, I'm thinking it's 10%, no more than 15. Do you know that child just won class president this week? He has been working on this. He's had his presidential campaign. He has been working that school from day one. Some people may say, well, if you're in a predominantly white school and you're black, they're not going to treat you good. They're going to do this. He begs the difference. He feels that you've got to know how to play the game, and it's how people receive you that's going to determine how far you're going to go. So that's another mm-hmm. example of being able to play the game. So, you mm-hmm. know, I just wanted and, to and add that you want. Yeah, and, and, and mm-hmm. congratulations to your son. Congratulations to your son you. because what, I, what I'm applauding him on is knowing what he wants, and when you know what mm-hmm. you want, it makes it easier to get it. Simple enough. I want to go from Charlotte to Florida because next week I'm going to Jamaica. I want to go from Charlotte to Florida. I cannot go north to get there. I need to know where I'm going so I can get there. Mm -hmm. I need to know what time I need to arrive. You need to know where you're going so that you get there. You Mm -hmm. need to know where you're going so that you get there. You know along the way these are mile markers. Okay, if it's 1,000 miles between point A to point B, when I go 100, I know i got 900 left. He knew what he wanted. He's followed some examples. He's followed the conversations. It's, it, he can. He's teaching us a lot just through your conversation, through your example there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You may feel like you are. You know, I feel a little squeamish. I feel like I'm not being true to myself. Keep talking to yourself. Keep talking to yourself because mm-hmm. club. There are club rules. A lot of us like to go have drinks with our friends. We go out Thursday through Sunday. Some of us party hard. When you go to the club, you cannot go in there unless you follow their dress code. Are you selling out? No, club rules. If you want to get in here, you want to dance in here, you want to drink in here, you want to see what we have in here as far as men and ladies, you you have to follow the rules. Do you decide I'm going to do what I want to do anyway, or do you conform? You follow the rules. And that doesn't change who you are. That doesn't change who you are. You're not conforming internally like I, I'm no longer me. I just, I'm dressed the way that's going to get me in here to see what's going on. Same thing right. uh, with religious right. institutions. Same thing when you go to a certain restaurant to eat. Same thing when you go to the store to pick up milk and they say you need a shirt and some shoes. I don't know why they don't require pants, but those are the rules. <laughs> those are the rules. Wear some anyway. Just put some on anyway. <laughs> yeah. We're hoping that if you get the shirt and shoes that you will grab the middle. But you get what I'm saying? So every place we go, there are some guidelines that we govern ourselves by. And, you know, that you're not selling out because you, you wore shirt and shoes into the store to get your milk. You, you're not, you know, there are guidelines for whatever reason. Like, I don't like for you to walk all over my house with your shoes on, take them off at the front door. That's how we do it here. Now, if you decide you're going to clump all around, you may not get invited back. Exactly. That's, that's, 
Those are the guidelines there. So your son gives a very good example, and we're going to get ready to wrap up in just a bit. T. Roy says, thank you so much for being on with me today. Um, we can learn a lot from your son because if you want to get into certain places, let's use the club. People like the club. The club is fun. We can work with that, right? You've seen this nice-looking man go in the club, and in order for you to get in there too, you're going to have to be dressed the way they need you to be dressed to get in there. So what do you do? You follow the rules. You get in there. Exactly. You may have to, exactly. you know, wait your turn to talk to this brother, but whatever. You get into the exactly. club. You follow the you follow those rules to get to where you want to be. And I love Think and Grow Rich. There are lots of other books out there. When I started this show, I started it with Think and Grow Rich. I post about his quotes, and I constantly bring up Napoleon Hill's teachings. And he talks about having a pleasing personality. And that pleasing personality is really more, I think, the assurance that I can get into these places that I want to be in. My favorite thing to do, T, is to get in places nobody else can. So I love going to movie premieres and sneak premieres, and I love to be exclusive. I love for someone to say, well, we can only let a few people in, and you're one of them. I love that. I absolutely love it. And I don't care if everybody mm-hmm. sees it next or after me. I just want to be first. I right, got to see right. what it was like before the full product rolled out. That's just one of those things that I like. I like the special privilege. I like to be accommodated in that way. So in order to, I need to be friends with the right people or associated with the right people because I get to see things that the average person may not get to see. Exactly. So, and and um, there's a cost. Mm-hmm. There's a cost for that. If you walk in there into the premiere and you, and you just hood with it and you walk in there and don't, what's up, y'all? You know, I'm here, da 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 They may say, oh, no, she's not coming back no more. This is her last time hanging with us. (laughs) So you may have to conduct yourself in a certain way that you may feel as being a sellout because you're like, this is not my personality. Why do I have to be quiet? Why do I have to sit at the table with all these important people and not snack? Why can't you my bubble gum and blow a bubble like real, real big? You know, I like bubble gum. Mm -hmm. But they may look at you like, no, you're just a little bit too hood for us. So Mm -hmm. if you want to hang with these people which are going to take you to the next level, then you have to be able to fit in, follow the rules, and play the game. Once you get in, you can start setting your own rules, but you're not in yet. That That's my thinking. Right. If it were me, I would be thinking that way. Right. And and I think that's where people needed to, what people needed to hear. That definitely needed to be said. Um, and there's not, it, there's not going to be, let me, let me see if I can say this right. There is going to be a point where you get to, let your your belt loose, so to speak. But you got to get to that point. And if you've ever met somebody for the first time and you instantly thought, mm, there's something about them I don't like, and once you got to know them, you like them better, and that same behavior they exhibited the first time you met them is still there, you just like them better because you got to know them better. So you make people right. comfortable, and then you're able to be yourself. Some people just ooze right. it where you're automatically comfortable around them, and other people have to work at it. You know yourself, you know which you have to be, but at some point you'll be able to relax is what we're saying. But how do you get through the door? How do we get the people that we're trying to get in front of to hear the message that we're presenting? T, I want you to let people know how to get in touch with you outside of this needs to be said and let them know about the program that you're offering before I wrap up the interview with you. Okay, um, they can reach me on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Ancient Secrets Hair Growth. That is the page for our hair growth oil, our hair growth products. You can also go to ancientsecretsbeauty.com or 
blackhairgrowth.biz. That's going to link you into the same website. If you're wanting to be a boss and you just need a little more motivation, you may want to listen to our audio lesson, which is part one called Making the Decision to Follow Your Vision. That is found at www.iamaboss.info. I am because that is the highest and most exalted way of confessing something in your life using the I am term. I am a boss. Speaking into existence. All right. Thank you so much for being on This Needs to Be Said. As always, it's a joy. All right. I know that you have enjoyed the conversations on today and you've taken great notes and learned lots of things, and I hope that you were entertained in the process. Rhonda Nels, the success instigator, is coming up next. She will be interviewing another contributor from the Organized Obstacles Anthology. But in the meantime, Charlotte, I want to give you a heads up. You get a tip here. You get an exclusive invite, I would like to say. I'm giving you a heads up. The end of October, I will be hosting Rhonda Nels with her latest Coupon Secrets Revealed workshop. You want to be a part of that? Connect with me on Facebook so you can get the inside scoop. We have not set up the event yet, but I want to let you know to save the date. October 25th is the date that you want to save for this event. Now, if you've heard her any amount of time on the show, you know that she goes into the grocery stores and she does not spend a lot, and she makes sure that her pantry is stocked. So if you want to find out how the coupon gurus do it, you want to connect with Rhonda because she knows how to get it done. And I tell you, I have benefited from the spoils of her labor in the grocery stores, and it it keeps amazing me out of all the years that I've known her, something she's passionate about, and here she is now to bring her same uh, gift to you so that you can learn it for yourself. So save the date, October 25th, Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'll even tell you red at 28th in the NODA community. You definitely want to um, be there. You don't want to miss this event. But in just a moment, you'll hear an interview with her. And one of the con- con- add that get my tongue together, one of the contributors from the Organized Obstacles Anthology. We'll be back after this short break. I'm not feeling that. I'm not feeling that. 
but then I lost it all after 9-11, um, and I thought that, you know, look, this is over. It was a fluke. I, I wasn't really sure what I was doing anyway, um, but I tried it again, and I rebuilt back my million-dollar business in about five months. So now I just pretty much tell the story of what I did and how I took each step and how I was able to rebuild back my million-dollar business. Awesome. And that's one of the reasons why we, we really wanted you to be a part of this project because if anybody knows uh, rebuilding, you, you know rebuilding because you had to do it two times. Uh, right. So if anybody understands that, it's you. And part of an underdog is being able to go from the bottom and rebuild and make it bigger and better than, than what it was before. So thank you for being a part of this. But I want to know, what is your definition of an underdog? What do you consider an underdog or who do you consider an underdog? Well, you know, I, I'm a huge sports fan, <laughs> and so I look at, you know, what what team is supposed to win, right? Mm. And the other team that's not supposed to win is what I consider an underdog, someone who doesn't have all of the the what the world says the tools are and is not the right one. You know, the expected winner is normally uh, not the underdog. And so I wasn't the under – I mean, I wasn't the one who was supposed to win. When, when, at the time when I first built uh, the telephone company, what your listeners might not know is that number one, I was a woman. <laughs> um, number two, I was 27. So you know, nobody expected me at 27. Really, 27? What are you talking about? Every single person at the phone company was older than me, except for the receptionist. Every single person that worked there. So when I would come in, they, they disrespected me. They talked crazy to me. They didn't listen to, <laughs> to me. Um, but there was only one person who did, which was the owner, who I eventually bought the business from, right? Um, right. So here I am, 27, a woman. Um, I'm African-American. So they looked and they was like, who's this little black girl? Uh, you know, they – it just wasn't supposed to happen. Nobody knew that I was going to be successful except for God and me. I was the only one. I knew it before I got there. So I was very confident, uh, even though people said, uh, what, what are you doing? I can't imagine. I mean, my own mother wouldn't even switch to my telephone company. She said, oh, no, you don't like to clean your room. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to switch this. <laughs> so, um, you know, I had like the three I think are the hardest obstacles, and then um, they can't really see me through this wonderful interview, but I'm a little chubby too. So all the things that society says are not what successful people have. Mm. I had them all, but I, I made it anyway, but God, right? Yeah, I love it. And, and you know, no, many, no matter how many times I hear your story, no matter how many times, I'm always just it's like just sitting there just like in awe because it, there's another person that beat the odds, that overcame, that blazed their own path, and you, and you did that. Um, so kudos to you. I love being around you. I love your energy. And I told the co-creator, Angel Barino, I said, listen, um, you know, I know we're, this is a collaborative effort. I understand that. I said, but there is one lady that has to be in this book. And I reached out to you, and I'm thankful that you, uh, you know, you answered the call, and I appreciate it. And I know many of the listeners and the readers, when they when they see and they, and they read your story, they will connect with you uh, also in a way that, I, you know, I'm so fascinated with. So thank you again yeah, for being a part you. of this. 
Um, oh, it's my pleasure. Um, who do you feel like this anthology is for? Like, what? What? I mean, we know what our target. We feel like our target audience is for. Who do you feel like this book is for? Who is it written for? Yeah, I think it, I think it really is written for that person who who is sitting there that nobody understands, and they feel as if they are by themselves. You know, entrepreneurs, no matter what, are the loneliest people on the planet right. <laughs> because nobody yeah. gets us. Right? They sit there and they tell us every day, well, why don't you go get a job? Are you kidding me? And when things are great, they they don't understand why we work so hard. They don't understand why we're trying to do it ourselves. And so I really think that you're, you're kind of born this way. Um, so this book is for people who are born this way, born like me, sat there in class and said, I think you're crazy when my teacher would say stuff to me. I'm like, Nuts. Are you kidding me? And then I would think you went to school for all this time so that you could make twenty five thousand. That didn't make sense to me either. And I know that that you know I I honor teachers every day, and I think that it's an admirable position. But they are like entrepreneurs. You have to love it to right. do it because it surely is not for the money. So I think this book is really you know for for those that think you know that there are too many obstacles. No, nobody had as many as I did. Nobody had. I, I don't care what you say, you know, sick. Get, I, there's there's no reason. I was in an industry where there's no women, not no women. There's no African-Americans. There's no young people. At that time, everybody had been in the industry 20, 30 years. When I came in and I said, but that doesn't make sense to me. So it's it's for that person who looks at the world and says, but I think I can do it better yeah. and just want to stop. That's who I think this book is for. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Um asked that several times, you know, to different contributors, and by far I, I, I love that answer. It's, uh, you know, people that are misunderstood. You don't, you're not going to get an entrepreneur. You're not fully going to get the entrepreneur. You don't understand why we can't go to a job. You, not that it, maybe I don't want to sometimes. I can't. I can't do this. Right. Then you, there's a block that's up that just says, like, I cannot do it. So right. I, I'm good for 90 days. That's what I tell everybody. <laughs> I can, I, I, I can do 90 days because I can, I can pretty much do anything, right? For, well, you know, my, my, my theory and how I teach people now is if you can just commit to me for 100 because, you know, the nines and dividing the nines, it's, it's, the math gets hard. But in 100, you know, I can, I can do, like, are you 25% there? I can do that in my head. But after about 100 days, I, I'm not showing up on time. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going. That doesn't make it's sense. Really I'm running in. my own. You know, it's just I can't. I can't do. I'm fundamentally unemployable. Is what I tell people. Right, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you, people just know the difference between an employee and an entrepreneur. You know, I always say entrepreneur knows that he can never, he or she can never be an employee. It's just not part mm-hmm. of the game. It's just not part of the game. So, um, yeah. with all of that, knowing everything that you've been through, giving us a glimpse of that, what do you want people to remember about Rochelle Shaw? What's the thing you want them to remember? Oh man. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. I, I know. normally stuff for words, but that's what I want to do. Uh, you know, it, it's here. Here's what I want them ultimately to know: is that 
if I can do it. You know, because so many folks think that I'm special. Now, I happen to think that I am special, but I'm not special like they think I'm special. <laughs> you know, I'm special because every day I tell myself I'm special. Um, but they go, oh, well, you know, you had something else. You had you had this thing. And I said, you know, no, I didn't. If you don't think that I have doubts, you're crazy. I have right. doubts every day. Right. When I get up, but I just go, you know what? There's no turning back because I don't have anything to fall back on. It's this this is it. So if 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 there's anything I want them to remember about me, it's I want them to remember that I had nothing, nothing. There was no reason. I didn't even know the telephone business. You know, my story, which is, is if they if they look in USA Today or Black Enterprise or any of those, they always print the same story. And I was dating three men in three different states, and I had a high phone bill. That's how I got into the telephone business. It's not that I woke up one day and I said, ooh, I love Alexander Graham Bell, and I think I can be a contributor to that industry. It was none of that. You know, people go, oh, well, do your passion, and it wasn't that either. It was I, I had a high phone bill, and my goal was to get my phone bill under $100. That was my goal. But it turns out that I got it, you know, to like $65. And at that point I said, this is the best service ever. I could easily sell this. Let me go out and see if I can sell it. And I did. And I kept selling it over and over. So I went from selling a $100 client to selling a million-dollar-a-month client. And then, you know, it just became very easy. But the lesson that I learned was not that you have to be super passionate about this project because, you know, I'm super passionate about about helping single moms, but single moms don't really have the investments to pay me to come in and build their business. So I have to, to go where the money is, right. but I learned that nothing is impossible. You can, you can do whatever it is that you want to do. You just have to do it. You can't, you, right. it, it doesn't have to be passionate. It doesn't have to be, you know, the guy who made the, the little things that go on, shoe, you know, shoelaces, toilet seat covers. Really? Somebody was passionate about making a freaking <laughs> toilet seat cover? I don't no, think no. so. <laughs> I don't think so. I right, think that right. they saw that there was an opportunity. So, right. you know, the the one thing that I am excellent at is I can look at an opportunity and get over the fact that, this has to fulfill every ounce of me because I know how to fulfill every ounce of me, and it doesn't have to be the job. Gotcha. That is, that's good. Good stuff. Now, you're, uh, I see you as a, a solution to a problem, and mm-hmm. I, I feel like everyone, whether they know it or not, is a solution to a problem. What is the solution that you bring to the table for your clients or for what, what, whatever aspect you hold the solution to? What is the solution that you bring to the table for that summer? Mm-hmm. What a, what a great question because, you know, the first chapter of my book, The Million Dollar Equation, says, you know, what big-ass problem are you solving for your customers? Mm-hmm. So we are definitely on the same track. So the solution that I provide is is – Yesterday or last week I wrote an email to my list about um, a conversation that I had with my daughter. And it was when she was 15 and dating, starting to date boys. So I kind of understand this thing, right? You know, I was dating three men in three different states. I I got this boy thing down. And she told me I didn't understand. And I started laughing. (laughs) I said, so here's the deal. I've been 15, but you've never been 40. Okay? 
So because of that, I've got an amazing amount of experience that you've never experienced. So you think that he's not lying to you, but guess what? He's lying to you. And let me tell you what else. So I detailed out the scenario, what was going to happen, and then six months later, exactly what I said was going to happen happened. And now she believes me. So now whenever she has problems, she comes to me and she says, hey, Rochelle, pumpkin is what she calls me. She says, tell me, tell me how this works. So here's the solution that I provide for my clients and for the people who um, follow me or come to to need me is that because I've been there at the $40 million level, I did over $100 million in three years. And because I know business, I'm not one of those that I studied it and I'm telling you what I think might happen. I'm telling you what there is nothing in business that can happen to my clients that I have not personally been through before. So I am able to give them the proper solution, how to handle every single problem. From employees, you know, one of my employees called the police on me because I was parked in a handicap. <laughs> to, you know, they, they called themselves going on strike one day. Um, to the the... Uh, the police were were at our door because we had a stalker that was after uh, one of my employees to um, our carrier cut us off, and we were on the reading story of, of our news program, and they were showed up at the door, so how do I handle media? How, any of that stuff, because I had to do it real time, and I know what works and I know what doesn't work. So for out there or entrepreneurs out there who are really striving to get to the million-dollar level, I'm your gal. Now, if you don't know how to get up in the morning and you don't know how to work hard, I'm not your girl. Because I go, what the hell, really? Okay, no. You know, I'm I'm not the encourager that way because I'll just – just pretty much hang up. And so that that's not the question you need to ask me. The question that you should be asking me is, you know, what happens, what's the dynamic that happens when you go from two employees to 10 employees? What happens when you go to 52 employees? What happens when you finally cross the million-dollar level and are now looking to get to 10? Because it's really much harder to go from 1 million to 10 million than it is to go from zero to a million. But what I see is that they allow all these little silly obstacles to stop them even from getting to 100,000. So they think that six figures is an accomplishment. And, and don't get me wrong, I if that's good for you, that's great. I'm not the person for you. If you really want to get to a million, then I'm the solution because I can look at your business instantly and tell you three things that you can do tomorrow to make money. Million dollar, you're the million dollar solution and beyond. <laughs> there it is. They call me the eight figure consultant. So there it is. There it is, people. There's your solution. Awesome. So how? Well, what are you currently working on? That that any big major projects or books that that the listeners need to know about besides organized obstacles? What are you working on? Oh, you know, I've always got 10 projects going at a time. <laughs> so um, the the million-dollar equation is still actually, you know, it's been almost two years that wow. I wrote the book, but it's still just going like gangbusters. Um, we're still doing lots of uh, training based on the million-dollar equation, so I've got that stuff. I have a, a uh, MDE Nation, which is for our million-dollar equation, MDE. Um, with that, we have... 
a full-blown membership site where every month there's a new training, every month there's a Q&A where they talk to me, um, everything from, you know, creating irresistible offers all the way to how to market like Barack Obama and make sure that you're raising the proper funds for your business. So we've got that inside there that's always going. Uh, I did a couple of new programs, one that's the 200K Book Project, uh, which is a really fun, fun program. If you're ever thinking about writing a book and how to extend the book like I did over two years that I'm still selling them every day as well as the other projects that are based on the book. I detail out every single step of how to get to number one uh, in sales and all the way down through how to create the proper programs and systems so that it goes along with the book so that it can really leverage into what your ultimate goal is. Uh, And my new book, which should be out in January, it's called Laser Focus, you know, how to take a project in 100 days and go from zero to $40,000 at least. I have three people that have gone through the beta that uh, we are telling their stories in the book who did exactly what I told them from absolute zero to over $40,000. One of them, uh, he had already been making some money, but we did a a triple-double over the last two years. So he went from $80,000 to $180,000. Last year he did $635,000. And this year already for 2014, June 30, his number was already at $652,000. So he's on set to do his million dollars, Yeah, which he can't, I mean, he's like shocked. The heck, this is all happened. But so I've got them all in beta, so I'm, I'm, we're, we're documenting their journey so that it'll all be in the new book in January called Laser Focused, um, 100 Days to Get to the, the Business of Your Dream. So I'm really excited about that project, too. Awesome, awesome. So you got you're juggling a whole lot, but you do it very, very well, mind you. So uh, how, can, you. how can the listeners, how can they connect with you? Oh, well, you know what? Um, it's always based on my name. So if they even Google Rochelle Shaw, I think there's like, I don't know, 28,000 entries in there. Um, I do spell my name with an I, so like Rich, R-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-S-H-A-W.com is my website. On that one, you there's, there's tons of content, um, tons of videos, which... You get to kind of see me do my thing. Uh, I I am a cusser, so, you know, just pray for me. Uh, But sometimes there's not a really adequate word to get through what I want you to hear. Uh, But there's tons of free content there that they, I I believe, will inspire any any underdog that's out there to know that, look, you know, it doesn't matter that I'm overweight. It doesn't matter that I'm a woman. It doesn't matter that I'm older now. Uh, I just still turn on a video camera and do my thing. So I think that they would find the the website helpful. You do your thing. You do do your thing. So uh, we're going to wrap it up. Rochelle, thank you so much for joining us today. Everybody, make sure that you uh, connect with Rochelle at rochelleshaw.com. The book drops on October the 14th, Organized Obstacles. You can read a glimpse of Rochelle's story and why you need to connect with her. She's amazing. Uh, thank you again for for agreeing to be a part of this anthology. I, I so appreciate it, and I know the co-creator, uh, Angel Barino, she appreciates it too. Um, any last words for our listeners? Uh, just that, you know, don't quit. Don't quit. I mean, I, I know you're going to want to, and you have every reason to. 
every reason to, and you can convince yourself of anything. So since you can convince yourself of anything, convince yourself to keep going, not to quit. Awesome. Rochelle, thank you again. Catherine, thank you for the platform on the This Needs to Be Said radio program. Guys, this is Rhonda Nails, a.k.a. The Success Instigator. We will catch everybody next time. Rochelle, thank you again. You're welcome. There will never be a point in your time in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing. If you're waiting for that perfect, perfect moment, that perfect timing, it's not going to happen. You know what you have to do? You have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation. That a lot of people become comfortable. They stop growing. They stop wanting anything. They, they become satisfied. People getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like. Jobs that are making them sick. You see, when you're not pursuing your goal, you are literally committing spiritual suicide. When you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for, that takes you out of your comfort zone, you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have. When the messenger of misery visits you, what are you going to do? What will keep you in the game? There are things that you think you'll never need to know that you may only need to know one time in your life, but that could save your life because you had that knowledge. Unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered, you will never grow. What is it that you looked at at some point in time and you decided that you couldn't do it, that you talked yourself out of it? You're waiting on your next door neighbor to make it happen for you. It may not happen. If you're waiting on your mother or your father, they may be so ancient in their thinking that they don't understand this opportunity that you have. And if you're waiting on them, it may never get done. You don't beg average people to be phenomenal. You don't beg good people to be phenomenal. You just are phenomenal and you will attract phenomenal. What reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. If you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to be, if you don't have what you want, want to have, if you're not where you think you should be at this particular place, it has nothing to do with the system, but it has everything to do with the fact that you're not making the sacrifice. I want you to make that dream become a reality because if you don't, you will be working for somebody else to make their dreams become a reality. Everybody is against you or don't believe in you no more. And let me tell you something, that's a lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling, particularly people that you're doing it for. Most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them. Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are people right now who are working who don't want to work. There are people who hate their jobs and they keep getting up to do it. The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard we will find inventions that we never ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality. Hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon. The question is what are you going to do with your time? What drives you? Greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day. Workout after workout, obedience after obedience, day after day. 
When things don't work out for you, when things happen that you could not anticipate, what are the reasons that you can think of that can keep you strong? You will never ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your pride, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't count. Today, today is the only important day. There are 86,400 seconds in a day, and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today, and what you do today is going to see me who you are. Nobody's going to talk about what you did last week. that the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. You have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got a thing that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back, because if you can look up, you can get up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, to work day and night for to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep. If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it, see, it's time now. If you want to make this your decade, you've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams, yes to your unfolding future, yes to your potential, as opposed to saying no. When you die, die on eat. Leave no dream left behind, God. Leave no opportunity left behind. When you leave this earth, accomplish every single thing you can accomplish. Listen to me. You're going to be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, guys, you got to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Special thanks to the creators of the TNTBS jingle. It was written by Lamont Champ Josie and composed by Robert Jenkins. Thank you to everyone who supports us by downloading the phone app at thisneedstobesaid.com, by commenting on the TNTBS talk show fan page on Facebook, by retweeting us on Twitter at TNTBS, by also sharing this show with your friends. Thank you for logging in through your computer as well as calling in to listen on the phone lines. Now go out and tell more people about this great show. If you thought the show sucked, tell them anyway. Bad news travels fast is what I'm told. Either way, tell them to tune in each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're always looking for new guest commentators, awesome topics, and most of all, we want your opinion. Visit us at www.thisneedstobesaid.com. We'd love to hear from you. There's an elephant in the room. You were thinking it, so we're going to talk about it. Until we meet again in the same place at the same time, have a super day.